dragons and vikings! Yeah, enemies again! Oh. You know that doesn't wash out. Well, good morning, everyone. Coming soon, uh, we actually kick off the intro to the series today, and then next week we're going to start uh, digging into some of the specific movies of the summer. I'd like to welcome you guys. We're really glad you're here. Uh, we're launching this series today, and we're going to be, for the next few weeks, talking about some of the summer movies that are going to be coming out. And our goal is to not just spend a Sunday morning talking about movies like we're critics, but really looking at what does the Bible have to say about some of the themes presented in these movies that we're going to be highlighting? Uh, so we're glad you're here. This is a fun time. Uh, as you saw in the trailer, it said the movie event of the summer. That's true for Church in the Valley. It is the movie event of the summer. Uh, next week, to kick off the kind of official launch of the series, uh, we're going to be having kettle corn after church. And so I wanted to invite you back. Good opportunity to invite your family and friends. We're going to be having... Uh, some kettle corn, a good opportunity to hang out with people. And over the next uh, five weeks, we're going to dig into five movies and spend some time uh, talking about them. And you'll see a flyer in your program that has the movies we're going to be talking about. And so I wanted to give you that so you have it as a reference. Also, a great opportunity to invite uh, family and friends. Uh, we like to do this not just because it's summer and you may spend time going to the movies, but we actually like to do this because it's really important to take some time to look at the process of art and how art impacts us. And specifically, as we watch movies, what is the role that we're supposed to play as the person that is watching something? And how do we consume media in a way that's not just for entertainment, but that's actually helpful uh, for our lives? And so our goal through this series is to really give you the tools to do that. And that's what we're going to be talking about today, how you can have the tools to evaluate the media that we, we all consume. Uh, if you're like me, you probably can think back, and I'd like you to real quickly think back to the first movie that you remember watching that had a profound impact on you. Okay? The first movie that you remember watching uh, that, that had a profound impact, that it lingered, that you thought about it, you just couldn't get enough of it. It was the type of movie that just kind of brought you in and it gripped you and I just want you to think that take about 10 seconds, the first movie that you've ever seen that, that had a profound impact on you. You guys got it? OK, on the count of three, I want you to shout it out. OK, one, two, three. OK, excellent. I heard Aladdin. That was the one I heard. For me, the movie was Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. What? Oh, come on. Somebody laughed a little too hard on that. Chitty Chitty Bang Bang was probably the first movie that I, I couldn't get enough of. My, my Nana had it on VHS. And if you're younger, that's something before DVDs. And I used to watch that every week at their house, at my Nana's house. And it was just this movie about a, a, a car and a car that flew and a car that went into all sorts of different lands. And I remember not just the music, but everything about it, it just sucked me in. It had a profound impact on me. It just created an impression on me. And I, I just, I loved that movie. And the, uh, the lead role in that movie was like an inventor and he invents stuff. And I remember as a kid, I'd be watching the movie and then all of a sudden I'd be taking stuff apart at my house and 
parents and granddad and Nana didn't really appreciate that. But it was like, that's what the movie did. He's an inventor. He takes stuff apart, figures out how to fix it. Problem is, I could take stuff apart, but I didn't know how to fix it. And so I learned early on that movies actually do have an impact on me. Uh, not just the music, but also really the, the things that happen. And it wasn't until a few years ago that I watched Chitty Chitty Bang Bang again with my kids that I actually began to look at what the movie was all about, what the themes were, what was important, what were going on with the characters, what were the dynamics and the relationships. And I realized that as a kid, I had a view that was like this. But as an adult, it was a, a much wider view. There was so much more going on in that film that I had no idea about. And it's probably the same for you. There's movies that you've watched when you were younger that has this profound impact on you. Or maybe you were even older and then you go and you see it again and maybe you consume it again and you look at it again and you listen to characters and you've seen what's going on. And then you start to see things differently. And that's a process of, of you evaluate. You, you take it in and you're trying to figure out what's, what's going on. And evaluating art is something that's actually very important. If you don't evaluate art, if you just take it and want to be entertained and consumed... You can become a sponge and you can actually gain and gather stuff that is not helpful for you. And in Hollywood and the, the movie producers and the directors, they're the storytellers of our day. And in each story that's told, there's usually a message. And that message is either true and it reflects reality or it doesn't reflect reality. And so it's very important to understand what's true, what's not true. And so I want to start off just by talking about the different ways that we evaluate art. And for the purpose of this series, what's important to focus on as we evaluate art? This is from Francis Schaeffer. This is on the art in the Bible and how to kind of take in media. And this is four ways you can evaluate art. The first one is technique. You want to evaluate the technique, like how it was written, how the characters relate to each other, uh, the lighting, the cinematography. I oftentimes don't think in terms of like, wow, that was beautiful, epic, the, the scenery. I don't think like that or the costumes, but that's a part of evaluation. You, you look at the technique of what's going on behind the scenes. You also evaluate by arrangement and composition. How is it put together? Does it flow nicely? Is it cohesive? Does, do you leave with the sense of, wow, this is the message and, and this is how it was presented and it, it's pleasing? A third is, how do they drive home the message? Um, do you understand what the purpose of the movie was? Did it take you to a destination? Did you know that you were getting there? And sometimes movies are hits because you think something is going to happen and then something else ends up happening. And some directors, that's what their bread and butter is. They want to kind of lead you down one path and then say, oh, you're going here the whole time, but actually I'm taking you here. But even that can be pleasing. That's part of how we evaluate art. The last part or technique that we're going to be talking about in this series is the idea of evaluating, is the message true? Is it right? Does it reflect how life really works? Does it reflect reality? And for the purpose of this series, we're going to be spending most of the time looking at themes in the movies and asking the question, is that true? The problems that are faced and the way they solve those problems, does that actually work in real life? And you may be thinking to yourself, wait a second, if I want to really know how life works, why go to a movie, right? We go to movies to escape. At least I know I do. I like to go to movies where it seems like in an hour and a half, everything, every problem that ever existed is solved. And you walk out and you're like, all is fine. The world was going to end. And in an hour and a half, it's not anymore. There's a sense of relief. 
Do you realize that life doesn't work like that? And we all know that. It's a lot more complex. So it's actually in, you know, important to look at the movies and see, okay, well, does this really actually reflect life? And if it does, how does it? If it doesn't, how does it not? And so my goal is not to present information to you so you'll never be able to enjoy another movie in your life. And to think they're like, I, I want to be entertained, but now I'm thinking about all this stuff. But it is to give you some tools so that you can actually consume in a way that you can still be intelligent and you can still, at the same time, ask the question, does this reflect the way God has wired things to work? And so for our, our perspective, as we're asking, is it true? We're looking into the scriptures. We're looking into how God has presented life to work and does it match what the Bible says? Because we don't just want to be led by storytellers that take us in a different direction. We want to actually be led by Jesus himself. And so we're going to be taking the time and looking at different themes and saying, okay, is, is, this, is this true? Is this right? What does the Bible have to say about that? And what's, what's so great about movies is it brings themes and it brings elements and it brings problems that we do experience in life. And most movies resonate with us when they tap into some of our experiences. And so it's important to look at, okay, we don't just want to know what Hollywood or the media has to say, but what, is, what does God have to say? And this is a point of where we actually have to train our mind to think. We have to actually kind of be critical. We each have to be critics ourselves. Look at it, not just technique, arrangement, or the message, but is it actually true? And our assumption for this series is we talk about wisdom that we see in the, in the, the movies The truth is, box office wisdom, movies that you see in Hollywood and wisdom that you find in the media, for it to be real, it needs to match the Bible. It needs to match what the scriptures say. So it actually needs to match God's word to be real. Box office wisdom must match God's word to be real. Because God's word is what has the truth. It has what's right. It has the right way to live. It has the way life works. It has... How if you do this a certain way, this is what's going to happen. It has inputs, it has outputs, it has means, it has ends. And from that, we get a picture of what life is. And so we want to actually kind of line up the media and the Hollywood and these specific movies in light of what the Bible has to say. And we want to find out how much wisdom is there. And a lot of movies actually do have some wisdom that present a really interesting picture of how life works. And then there's some that that don't. And there's mixed bag in all movies where some true, some not true. And so we want to actually take a step back and look at what that process does. But there's two things that beg the question, well, how, how can I read a movie? Okay, if I've got my popcorn, I've got my soda, and I've spent $25 on the two of them, how can I sit and actually enjoy the movie, but at the same time read it and analyze it in a way that I can get the most out of it? And so that's what we're going to talk about this morning. And so to read a movie effectively, it takes two things. The first is we all need to keep growing in being able to read and identify the messages and teaching in movies. And I want to just walk briefly on, on how that happens. It actually happens by understanding a little bit more about how stories are put together. And this is pretty general, but it gives you a sense of how stories are wired. And in the wiring and the structure of the story, oftentimes you can find what the message is. And so here's the common ways that a a movie and a story is structured. Uh, You have the first part, the middle part, and the ending. And in the first 30 minutes of usually any movie, uh, you find the main characters, who the story is going to be about, 
the goal, the problems they're facing, and the difficult scenario. Okay, so you kind of find here's the tension. Here's the issue. Here's the problem. And then it goes into the middle section. How are they going to, the characters, how are they going to reach the goal? How are they going to solve the problem? How are they going to overcome the difficulty or the challenge? And so in the middle of the movie, you kind of see, okay, how is this all going to work? And it gets a little bit more complex. You see the characters working either with each other or against each other. And the final, usually 30 minutes or part of the movie, you see how the goal was reached or not reached. You find how the problem was solved. You find the challenges that, that they overcame. And it's actually in this last section that you can begin to see what the message of the movie is. Because as the problems are solved and now the goal is reached, they're saying this is the path that you take to solve this issue that we presented. This is how it works. If you do this and you do this, this is how the problem is solved. And so you have to take a step back as you watch an entire movie and, and ask, well, does that actually work? Does that actually happen? What were the characters doing? And, and did that kind of align with what happens in human relationships? Does it work like that? Do we react that way? And so you have to find a lot of times just how is the problem solved? How is the goal reached? And does that actually line up with how life works? And really, how does that line up again with the message of the scriptures, the truth found in the Bible? So that's the first thing. You need to grow in looking at a movie, taking it in and asking those questions. What's the problem? Who are the main characters? How are they working together? How is the problem solved? And evaluate what they're saying about reality. The second part to that is you need to match how they're saying and their themes and their truth that they have. How does that match with the Bible? So how does what they're saying actually match with God's word? So it's not just good enough to identify and see it, but then you actually have to figure out, well, what does God have to say about that? There's actually some work that's involved. So if you're here this morning... And you go to a movie, and if you really want to glean a lot about what the movie's all about, part of it, there's some homework. Now, movie theaters aren't going to say that. In fact, if you have homework, don't you think that they should be paying you? But no, we pay them. And this isn't in the normal process, but this is really a, a helpful tool to kind of begin to see how do I take things in in an intelligent way and actually learn what God has to say. So it's not just the identifying and the evaluating, but then it's the matching and the comparing. How does this compare to what God says. And this actually happens as you evaluate and read the movies that you see. And it begins with filtering the ideas that you collect through the truths in the Bible. You have to, to filter it. What's right? What's wrong? What should stay? What should not stay? And that's not just movies. That's all of life. The experiences that we have people that we relate to, different things that we do or say. We have to kind of always be filtering it through the truths of the Bible. Did I say and act in a way that actually is doing what God wants me to do? Is my attitude the right attitude reflected in how God wants me to react, how God wants me to feel, how God wants me to think? We always are doing this, but especially in movies, since the story is taking us in a certain direction and it's nudging us to think a certain thing, it's especially true. We have to filter 
ideas that we collect through the Bible. I'm going to read a couple verses from the message paraphrase. This isn't a direct translation, but it's a paraphrase that kind of puts it into modern terms. Uh, It's a helpful tool to kind of get a different slice of what the Bible says. Uh, And in Romans 12, 2, it says this. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. That's a paraphrase from this idea of do not be transformed to the world, but be renewed in your mind. You have to think differently. The author of the message, Eugene Peterson, is saying this is how you think differently. You can't just think how the world or culture wants you to think. You actually have to think in terms of what God has said and in his word. And so to get good at evaluating art and to get good at actually understanding how life works, a general rule is you have to know what God says. You have to spend time reading the scriptures. You have to spend time soaking in the truth so you know how the other messages you get compare to it. If you're like me, that's where it gets difficult. Because oftentimes, entertainment and media and talk radio and TV and movies, those are the things that you just, I don't have to think, I can just take it in. But it's actually the time where I have to slow down, separate myself from all the things I have going on in my mind, read the Bible. That's where I actually can get clarity. But it's not easy. And oftentimes it's not entertaining. You actually have to work for it. But as you work for it, you're like mining treasure. And these things that just seem kind of bland, you see it just sprout up. And that's God's word. As you mine it and you work it, you get clarity and you see things like you've never seen before. So it's so crucial that we have to filter our ideas. And I want to just talk a little briefly about how ideas are formed. And we have different kind of Ideas that happen, and I'm just going to walk through uh, that process. Here's a a variety of ideas. Uh, We have thoughts. Uh, These are reflecting, reasoning, meditation. We've actually thought about something. When when people say, I want to think about it, usually that should connotate a time where they actually take time to think and see is what this person is asking me to do, is what this person is saying, is, is that what's best in this situation? At work, if you have a problem and someone presents to you a solution, you say, I need to think about it, it should result in actually taking some time to think about, okay, is this going to lead us to the path that will solve the very problem we're trying to solve? Okay, so that's kind of an upper level idea that we have, just the thought process. Uh, Below that, which oftentimes relate to our thoughts, are are concepts. Concepts are are formed... uh, consideration of instances and patterns of occurrences in a a species of a group through analysis. So there's this idea of you're thinking about it, you're seeing patterns, uh, you're trying to get this idea in your head and you're seeing kind of, okay, if I do this, last time I did this and this is what happened. That's, you're thinking conceptually. You're not just making a decision out of your life, you're kind of seeing how it's flowed for you so far. And so, okay, if if I spend more this month, 
than I make, I'm going to be in trouble. How do I know that? Because last month I spent more than I made and it got me in trouble. That's part of thinking conceptually. You see that there's a pattern here that you need to see. And if I don't think in these terms, it can hurt me. Then there's like two lower levels of ideas that influence the ones above them. And that's a notion. Uh, It's an idea not much resolved by analysis or reflection. Uh, It may be like an accidental, like you have the, the oddest notions. So it's maybe not as concrete, but there's something there that is in you that you're thinking about. It's a notion. You're not sure if it should stick or not, but it's there. And then that's oftentimes influenced by an impression that you have resulting immediately from some stimulation of the senses. So these are the variety of ideas that enter our head. Oftentimes we don't think like that. We don't think like, hmm, that was a concept I've really thought about. Or I've actually taken the time to analyze. Oftentimes it's just in our head and there's thinking going on. What happens in movies and in art Oftentimes, they are getting us at the two lower levels, impressions and notions. We have an experience. You know, you watch a movie and you see this problem and you see it solved. And you have just this overwhelming emotional response to it. Either it's joy or it's sadness, depending on who you're rooting for. But it's, it's getting into our ideas at the impression level. It's leaving us an impression. And that trickles up to these notions And if we're not careful, impressions and notions, if they're not filtered through the process of conceptually thinking and actually taking the time to have a thought process and analyze, we can be left with this just emotional response to something that leads us to form an opinion. And that opinion can become a thought and that thought can actually guide us. It happens all the time. Have you ever watched a movie and all of a sudden you're rooting for the bad guy? And you're like, wait a second. They're trying to steal millions of dollars from Las Vegas casinos. I love the Oceans movies. But they're all kind of villains. But I'm not rooting for the cops. Come on, police, you can do it. You can arrest them. They're disguised. The robbers are dressed in SWAT uniforms. I'm not rooting that. I want them to get the millions. Because I'm rooting for them. And then I have to but why, why am I rooting for them? Well, they need the money. But wh- why do they need the money? And as you take a step back, you're like, wait a second. Now, I'm not saying you can't enjoy movies, but there's a part where you have to think, like, who am I rooting for? And I, I've done that again and again. I, I experience a movie and I start rooting for people. And I'm thinking, wait a second. Why am I rooting for them? Why am I happy or why am I sad? Because we have an impression that oftentimes is emotional. So we have to check that and make sure that it's actually leading us in the direction that we need to go. And to do that, we have to check all notions and impressions against the Scriptures. You can't do that unless you know the Scriptures. You can't know the Scriptures unless you take the time to actually soak it in regularly. And read it and find out what God has to say. And so our goal is to, as we talk about the movies and the themes, we're going to dig into what the Bible has to say about that certain theme. And so you'll see this is how you do it. You look at a passage and you you compare it to what the movie's saying about that certain idea. And so 
filtering this, this is how you fix your attention on God. All the things that are inputting into you, that you're downloading in your head, you have to ask, okay, is this really truth? Is this right? It's not just in movies, but all of life. We have to constantly be filtering and filtering. And as we do this, not only can we enjoy movies, but we can also, you know, teach others. If if you're a parent, this is a really good tool for you to help your kids get. How can they take in media so that they can actually find out what the director or the storyteller is trying to tell them? It's the same in stories as they read. We'll talk a little bit uh, about that, that later. So that's fixing your attention on God. You have to filter it through the scriptures. I mentioned a, a, a sponge where you can just, you know, you're just soaking the media in. It's also like seeds, like impressions that go unchecked. They're like seeds, and if it's the wrong kind of fruit, you're going to have something bad that's rotten grow. And it's very subtle. But you can see that in the attitude that you have. You can see that in a consequence that you think should happen versus how life works. And oftentimes that can just get in us and the wrong seeds are there. What I'm talking about, this idea of filtering, comparing the messages we get against the message of the Scriptures, that's what the Bible calls discernment. You know what's right versus what's wrong. But discernment isn't just right from wrong. There's a quote by Charles Spurgeon, who was an old pastor in England, and he said, discernment is not a matter of simply telling the difference between right and wrong. Rather, it is telling the difference between right and almost right. And that, that's the truth. God wants us to grow in discernment, this type of discernment, where it's not just, yeah, okay, that was wrong, I shouldn't like that, but it's like, well, really, is that right? Really right? The way they're treating each other, the way that they're reacting, the way the problem solved, is that really right? And discernment can help us, not just as we evaluate movies, but it helps us in life as we face problems. As we are in relationships and we're trying to figure out how to move forward, discernment allows us to know the steps to take to go in the right direction. Um, Proverbs 4.23 talks about this filtering in a different way, and it's more of a a guarding of what comes in. And Proverbs 4.23 says, Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Your heart is your guidance system. It, It tells you where you should go and why you should go there. And so what gets into your heart ultimately guides your life. This idea of keeping all vigilance, it's really this word picture of like sentinels that are guarding a fortress. And if the enemy comes, the sentinel is supposed to take it out. This idea of guarding your heart is as ideas come that are not right, Impressions come that actually don't mass, match the truth of the scriptures. We're supposed to blow those out of the water. Boom, boom. Now, you don't want to do that in a movie as a wrong idea comes. That was bad. Everybody, don't believe that. This is what goes on in your head. That of keeping all vigilance. You have to stand guard. Because what get, gets in isn't just entertainment. What gets in can actually lead you down a path you may not want to go. So it's very important to guard what comes in and filter it through the Scriptures. There's a, uh, another translation that says this, guard your heart above all else, for it determines 
the course of your life. That's where it becomes real. It actually determines where you go. And so we really we want to be careful here. Uh, I want to have a brief moment of fun, okay? And we're going to just evaluate something together. Now, we're going to evaluate the movie Frozen. I have this movie. I have watched this movie so many times. I may have sung a song or two. Okay? So at, as I'm evaluating, I'm not saying this is a terrible movie, but I am going to have a, a process of where we can look at some of the messages. Now, before I do that, there's a piece of paper in your handout that looks like this. It says, Box Office Wisdom and How to Uncover the Message of a movie. This is the process of taking in the structure of the movie and asking key questions. So if you take this out, I just want to walk through the front side of this briefly before we evaluate some art together. So discovering the message statement or discovering the theme, uh, you need to ask questions. Number one, who is the hero, the main character? Uh, sometimes the hero is not a good person. Uh, there's only one hero, even though there are other main characters. Okay, so you want to know who the hero is. Number two, what's the movie about? What is the hero's goal? The goal is a strong desire that drives the story. Number three, what is the hero's initial motivation? Why does the hero want to achieve his, his or her goal? The hero almost always tells another character why he's doing the action. Okay, and then last, it's important to listen to what the hero is saying. Number four, how does the hero... How are they motivated to change by the end of the movie? Uh, and so you want to look at, okay, what was the initial motivation in the beginning? And then where are they now at the end? What's changed, if it has changed? Uh, is there something within the hero that changes identify this change? Now, this is important, these last two bullets on the front. Whenever the hero changes their mind about why they are doing something, the movie maker is saying something about how to live life. Okay, so that's important. They changed. What changed them? Because you only change on what makes sense to you. So something has to make sense that didn't make sense that causes the hero to do something differently. Okay, and then the last bullet there. Many times there will be a specific message statement in the movie. You'll find it in a narrative, a conversation, a speech. I'm not going to go through the back of this, but this is a tool for you guys to be able to use uh, as you take in movies. And you, you, know, you just want to think through these things and ask these questions. And if you go with like a spouse, or you go with a friend, or you go with your kids, ask some of these questions after you watch the movie. Who do you think the hero was? What was the problem? How did they solve it? Is that, is that right? Is that what the Bible says? And begin to ask these questions and kind of dialogue together. I want to show a clip from the movie Frozen. This is kind of at the end where the problem is solved. And uh, we're going to watch that, and then we're going to talk a little bit about a song and evaluate that as well. Let's watch this together.
な。Apologize, I broke the cardinal rule. I didn't say spoiler alert, so if you haven't seen Frozen, I just ruined the whole movie for you. So in all seriousness, I really apologize. Because that's the end. That's how it ends. Okay, so I just cut right through the last two minutes. But the, the message of this movie actually has a, a very important theme. It's this idea of, of sacrifice. And that, that was the picture of love. Not just a feeling, but of actual sacrifice. And Anna sacrificed herself for her sister. Now, the whole reason they were in that problem was because of Elsa and some choices she just made to really do what she wanted to do. And in the movie, you really see that by her just wanting to kind of please herself and do life her own way, many people were affected and there was a lot of destruction that existed in the land. The land was frozen and people's livelihood was destroyed because of Elsa's choices. Now, most princess movies, this idea of discovering yourself, being true to yourself, and that's the theme. Well, here it's actually, if you discover yourself and be true to yourself, there's problems that occur. So this is actually, it does reflect reality. You do reap and you do sow. What's interesting, though, about this movie, there's a song that Elsa sings as she decides she's going to just do life her own way. And it's called Let It Go. If you ever heard this song, it's been in your head, I'm sure. And if it's never been in your head as you listen to it today, it will be. Okay, it's a very catchy song. What's interesting about this song is that it actually doesn't reflect the truth of the movie. So even in this, as you see this theme played out, and at the end that I ruined for all of you, it actually shows you know, this idea of consequences and sacrifice. The song isn't really all about that. But the song won an Academy Award. And the song is like what all little girls are singing, including my own. And I want you to hear this song. The wind is howling like this swirling storm inside. Cunning 
keep it in. Heaven knows I tried. Don't let them in. Don't let them see. Be the good girl you always have to be. Conceal, don't feel. Don't let them know. Well, now they know. Let it go. Let it go. Can't hold it back anymore. Let it go. Let it go. Turn away and slam the door. I don't care what they're going to say. Let the storm rage on. Cold never bothered me anyway. It's funny how some distance makes everything seem small. And the fears that once controlled me can't get to me at all. It's time to see what I can do to check the limits and break loose. No light, no road, no rules for me. Okay. Elsa, you're not free. There is wrong. And you've done it. She's singing this song. It's like, no right, no wrong, no rules for me. I'm free. Elsa, that's not true. Now, again, you probably don't want to say that to your child like that. You probably don't want to get the shotgun and blow up the song. But this is what happens. It sucks you in. And no joke, just as a full disclosure. My daughter is singing this song, just let it go. And she's just into it. And it's like, man, she loves this movie. And then all of a sudden I'm thinking like, what if she starts to let it go? Like really? And just, there's no rules for her. I thought, you know what? That actually could be very detrimental to her life. So there's that part of a parent. You have to begin to talk. You know that song that you really love and you sing all the time? actually isn't true about how life works because there is right and wrong. And it's actually in doing the right thing, that's how you're free. So then you just have to do a remix. There is right and there is wrong. I better choose the right thing so life goes better. (laughs) So you have to get creative. That was totally ad-lib, but you know what? Record that. You know that? I'll have to use that later. But it's true. You, you, have to, you have to take it in. You have to ask, is that true? And so it happens in kids. It happens in us. You get this emotional reaction, and it becomes powerful, and it carries you in a certain direction. You have to take a step back. You have to take it and filter it and say, okay, what does God have to say? And so for the next few weeks, we're going to be doing that. We're taking some time to look at some movies. So I hope you guys can come back. Uh, It's going to be a fun time. Again, we're not endorsing the movies, and we're not even saying the movies are going to be good. Because you know what? We haven't seen any of them yet because they're not out yet. So every year, a movie that we think is going to be awesome and epic, it ends up being a dud. So also, if you're thinking, okay, these are the ones I need to pay all the money for, maybe don't do that yet. We don't know. But we're going to find out. We're going to talk about it together. As I wrap up, there's a connection card in your program that John had you fill out. If you could finish filling that out before I wrap up, as soon as I'm done, we're going to sing 
back to God and we're going to receive the offering and you can drop that completed connection card in there. There's also some next steps on the back related to the message today. And these are things that you can do to take what you've heard and actually do something with it. And so the first thing is you may want to memorize Proverbs 4.23. Keep your heart with all vigilance for from it flows the springs of life. Maybe just that's the promise you need to cling to. Uh, Maybe you need to set a goal to read the Bible and apply it a certain number of times this week. You just realize, you know, I need to know the truth and I need to get into it. So ask God for help and set a goal. Uh, You may want to practice uncovering the message in a movie or TV show this week. Do it for fun. Use this handout as a tool and just kind of get used to, to that process. And then the last thing is, which I've already asked you to do, is attend the rest of the series and and invite a friend that could come with you. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much for the truth that you give us. Because the truth actually allows us to know how to think, what to think, what to focus on, what to discard. And I know we, we are so bombarded with messages from the media from Facebook, from Twitter, from TV, from news, from the newspapers, from radio, everything around us, that sometimes we just cling on to the wrong things and we discard the right things. So God, give us discernment to know how to think biblically and rightly as we encounter life and the different parts of it that we experience. So we ask for your help as we move forward in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen.